0: Hi guys, so um, I am so delighted and honoured to welcome Michaela me today to our latest webinar series. Michaela, thanks so much for joining us today. Um, so Michaela is a senior psychologist um, both for education and for children, so a vast wealth of the knowledge and experience, so hopefully it will be of help of some of you. Michaela, do you want to give us a brief outline to yourself? Well, i thanks very much for having me. I'm delighted to
1: be asked, really honoured. Um, yeah, I've been working for a number of years, um, in, mostly in the area of disability. And uh, as an educational and child psychologist, as you said, so I'd have worked with a variety of kids. Um, I've always been interested in dyslexia, though. So back doing my post-grad, mm-hmm. um, I'd have done a study, a little tiny bit of research mm-hmm. on um, how to assess and dyslexia in adults. So it was always very interesting. And I would have kind of helped people around assessment um, since that time. So always kind of a soft spot. But um, I suppose mostly my work now would be with um, artistic people. A little bit different, but dyslexia does, of course, come up in that as well. So. Anyway,
0: here I am. (laughs) Perfect. Um, Thanks, And So my background, obviously, my name is Ina Buckley, I run a business called Blossom for Life that provides online tuition for people with learning difficulties, um, mainly dyslexia and kind of a broad range of learning difficulties, both from kids all the way up to adults. So um, a few of our series at the moment are specifically around that, but by no means are any particular um, sessions related fully to learning difficulties. Hopefully this one will be applicable to all people, regardless of age or background or circumstances. So hopefully we're going to talk about today as a general topic of health and well-being and how people can support themselves and support others through, I suppose, this strange time, but also in general. So we know it's kind of COVID at the moment, but generally lots of tips or things that we'll discuss today can be applied post-COVID and hopefully when things when things die down and get some way back to elements of normality. So definitely these things aren't just for any specific cortex or any of those type of things. It can apply to lots of different people from lots of different backgrounds. So, Michaela, what, what do you, like the mo- most pressing thing that you feel at the moment come to the forefront from people that you're working with or people that you're dealing with? What do you think is the, is, and again, lots of things I'm sure we'll talk about, but what would be your main, main thing that that would come to the forefront at the moment? When you, you know, asked me about this, the first thing I thought of
1: was, God, what am I going to say to people? Because there's so much information out there, and I'm feeling really overwhelmed by how much there is. So, um, this sense of we have to learn stuff, we have to keep going despite everything that's happening, and there's other messages telling us no, we have to slow down, and we have to notice. You know, so I just thought, even just today, to think about well-being and to think about where we're at, um as people, as learners, as you know, in, individuals in the middle of all this, and also as members of society. So I think where people are at is people are a lot more anxious than they would have been previously. Um, this lockdown suits some people, so that might be different for them. They could be going through a very different experience. And it really doesn't suit other people. So I think people's experiences generally are different, whether they're positive or negative. I think there's a lot of people on roller coasters. So I was kind of thinking, God, I don't want to be bombarding people with more information, but maybe just to think about where you're at and what you're doing. And for some people, there will be maybe a few ideas here. And for other people, there will be a sense of, actually, I am doing all that stuff. So it'll be a bit validating. Um, I know there's a lot of pressure, say, for parents from schools saying, you know, we'd like you to do the work. And that is landing very differently in different homes. And I'm sure even in one house, you could have several different people with very different um, ideas about what kind of work they're going to do for you. So just in the middle of all that, trying to, to just stop and think about where we're at
0: and Get some
1: kind of sense of the ground
0: under our feet so that's, that's and everybody can't do everything you know so it's it's i suppose facing this unusual time of crisis people are again still trying to just survive and go through a normal day-to-day somewhat whatever we want to call normal at this stage so it's still trying to bring things back to basic and keep things right centered what can you actually do and what's realistic to get done so again as you mentioned the schools especially for for lots of kids, but especially for kids with learning difficulties, the level of homework some kids and teenagers are getting um, and college students are getting when they're supposed to be at home during this time is at a new level, you know, really. I've never, never experienced anything like it, you know, because I think maybe some teachers are thinking they have the six hours of school and then they're supposed to do maybe the extra hour and a half of homework. You know, that that isn't functional, you know. People aren't supposed to be spending like that crazy amount of time each and every day doing schoolwork. So it's doing what you can to keep things ticking over, but not trying to take on a huge amount of responsibilities. No,
1: it's a totally new role for people. And I can see teachers are under pressure because of various reasons. Um, Maybe some people are asking for the work, you know, Mm -hmm. and I just think that everybody needs to think about what can I do? That's okay. Mm
0: -hmm. It
1: shouldn't be hard. Because all this is hard enough as it is. So we need to be minding our energy. We are all processing huge amounts of difference now. So everything has been turned up on its head. Socially, emotionally, at different levels, we are doing a huge amount of processing and trying to figure out What's the best way of keeping well in this? So that's all that energy going from traditional kind of work and learning into a new way of being. So I just kind of want people to think about that, that you're also trying to keep up with your old routines, but you're also doing a huge amount of new stuff that's never been done before. Yeah. So, um, it's so
0: draining, <laughs> exactly. yeah. it's so exhausting, people are wondering why they're tired more during the day and People are feeling bad enough, they've taken a nap and some kids are saying that they're exhausted after two or three hours of schoolwork and they don't know how they ever went to school for six or seven hours before. You know, so people are really using energy totally differently. And as you said, that's a perfectly valuable point. People are trying to adapt and do things and process everything that's going on in the media Mm -hmm. and those of things, which is taking energy from people.
1: Yeah. So I think it might be looking at strategies to just name that for people. So even if, if your idea of how much energy am I going to give to different things in my day is using bars or using a little picture of a battery or using a kind of a circle for the day, how much am I going to give to each of these tasks that I have to get done? So you can imagine doing a pie chart or something where you're going to say, well, I need that much for sleep. What am I going to do for the rest of the day? How am I going to put in all the things I need? I think fun has to be in there. I think relaxation has to be in there. Mm-hmm. You know that it's really important to keep those things on the agenda. Um, there's something that I've been using with one of my guys will do these kind of things. Um, but this is um, it's take five. So it's like a very basic thing, like five steps to wellbeing. Um, it came from some research, I think it is um, UK, Northern Ireland and you can get this online but even for a child just to kind of put their well-being to the forefront or for us it's for everyone just to put these five little things into your day so you can think did i do these things because these are important for my well-being one of those is connecting it's connecting with people around you another is being active another is taking notice so that little bit of mindfulness some people are doing it by taking photographs some people are doing it by little drawings a little poems so whatever way you've seen one or two things in your day which you've just let in in the moment some of us are good at mindfulness some of us need to do mindful movement whatever it is that you're having that lovely bit of connection with your outside and with your inside so it's that you know so taking notice another is keep learning so whatever else we're doing whether it's book learning or you learned something new today. Tell me about that. So it's just really having that on the agenda. And the last one is giving. So that even if it's given a hand or given a compliment, or giving some little gift, making something for somebody, when we give something, it actually
0: makes us happier than when we receive something. So there, there. That's a lovely little. And they're fabulous. <laughs> you know, like to be really all year round, regardless of the situation and for any yeah. age group. So one of the two most important ones obviously all of them extremely valuable but in recent studies they've said that giving and growing are the two main things that make us feel alive you know so Mm. in each day or in each particular few days to give and to give back and to help people and we know that obviously that isn't majorly possible so that could be you know helping doing something online for somebody or just checking in with a friend or an elderly person Lots of these things we have to come up with kind of creative ways. There isn't going to be those local collections or, you know, charity runs or anything like those, but we Mm. can still give, but in a different, different light. And you mentioned as well, keep learning. There's a huge influence as we know of possibly over learning as well. Now you know all online courses and people are learning every second language and reading every book that they wanted to read in their entire life. That's great. That works for some. But for others, that isn't a priority. It's it's other things that are a priority. And it's good to recognise that that if you're not in that place of doing gardening and baking forty five thousand cakes a day, yeah. then that's okay. You know, you're you're okay doing yeah. what you're doing. Totally. Because you
1: are absolutely entitled to be yourself yeah. and to do whatever this is your way so it's maybe just identifying that you are doing these things in the day so you are keeping yourself well and um, the learning could be something you watched on the telly it could be anything it's just to no, know actually I learned something my brain is still working my mind is still working so it, it's just something that anchors us when there are very few anchors and nobody really knows what's the right way to do this. It hasn't been done, you can look at studies maybe in, I know um, in Christchurch after the earthquakes, was that 2011, um, the schools were closed for weeks and kids went back and did better. So some kids did better when they went back. So I think for some people, this might be a little bit of downtime that they really need. I'd say a lot of kids with learning difficulties, can burn out quite easily in the normal course of things um, it's just i, I think studies are looking at their well-being say we'll take kids with dyslexia for for an example um, they fare very well in preschool but the studies show concerns about their well-being when they enter school so this this is this is something that happens this is something people feel that maybe at a time like this, they have a bit of a break from all that. So it might be that let's not put that pressure on, let's not keep that pressure on, let's use this as a time for them to do their learning their way, um, if that's possible, if if we can do that. so that, that's something that I'd be thinking about. And I'm just, I was looking at well-being, we're looking at it in, in my work as well, just trying to really put that in foreground. And Department of Education has a lovely, you know, National Education Psychology Service has a lovely mm-hmm. definition of it. Um, well-being is present when a person realizes their potential, is resilient in dealing with the normal stress of life, takes care of their physical well-being, has a sense of purpose, connection, and belonging, to a wider community, it is a fluid way of being and it needs nurturing. I like that. Maybe that's a a measure for us to to kind of look, you know, at how kids are doing and say, well, are they realizing their potential? And in any way, can we we make sure that they are in some way realizing their potential? Are we recognizing when they are? Are we giving them praise to the things they're good at? are they resilient are they able to cope with the normal stress of life and just able to do that taking care of themselves physically so and i suppose it's well
0: recognise some of their own potential so you know that that kind of instilling factor again as you mentioned people with learning difficulties there is always that speaking from personal experience there is the, always that uncertainty and not knowing what your potential is or if you can reach that or how that can be seen, especially in an educational context. And it's trying to see beyond that and what's the bigger picture. We're not all here to just go to primary and secondary school and go to college. That's only a set proportion and only a relatively small amount of your life, hopefully. So there's many, many years, I suppose, after that, where you can go beyond any level of potential. And it's for the person themselves, no matter what age they are, to recognize oh, I'm kind of good at that, or that's that's where my strengths lie. And, you know, again, maybe pivot. So on a separate, slightly separate note, but similar context, lots of people seem to be altering and changing direction as well at the moment. Maybe older people in careers and lots of different things are realizing, you know, this is the time now to adapt and change, change route and change context. And that's bringing up, I suppose, a lot of different stresses and concerns um of where things are going people might be laid off and you know in corporate spaces as well so it's it's about an understanding that this can also be seen as an opportunity you know and there could be a massive potential here for the individual to actually be like okay i maybe had an issue there with that particular role but i can go on and hopefully do something else that i might enjoy and gain an awful lot more value from yeah, I think
1: things are really shaken up like that at the moment. Had, and it kind of had been hidden that way, I think, um, just the way society is changing and the way roles are changing, occupation is changing. But um, I do think that we really need to recognise the skills that people have that are not and put them as being really important ends in themselves, you know, that it doesn't you can imagine and you know you go into school and suddenly it's like what's going on here mm-hmm. why can't i do this stuff everybody else is able to do this stuff you know what's wrong with me and the feelings that that brings up you don't want that to be all a child gets out of school you know you want the other stuff in there that somebody's saying gosh look at what you could do you know, wow. So I suppose we can, we can do that as, as parents or as adults or as carers, as teachers. We can put that in for children. And maybe it needs a little bit of structure like that take five, or maybe it needs a little bit of structure like I'd often use Maslow um that old maslow now this is the real simple maslow um iconic the higher 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 higher. yes and that's very simplified <laughs> apparently that was a marketing you know maslow was a, about a lot more than a, a pyramid that was a marketing too but anyway learned it in it, even <laughs> the business. yeah but i, I just feel that I, that's there in this that maybe it's looking at maslow and saying well have we got our physical stuff sorted out we've got the foundations there's all that other important stuff about esteem and belonging and all that stuff. So I suppose might be just making sure that we've taken care of all the, the sides of it. So that I would use a lot with the kids I'm working at to just see what, what have we got right here and what do we need to, to put in so that you're getting there.
0: And again, for what people do I mean, even maybe at home or things. So you mentioned the, the take five, but, there's nothing wrong. People can Google Maslow. Obviously, is highly recognized yeah. that very short pyramid, again, with five steps. You know, so it's, it's very easy for people to look up and maybe each day or every few days. Be like, all right, am I kind of on track here with getting in the core essentials? You know, everything yeah. else to that is kind of an extra bonus is a secondary. But your core essentials, yeah. to overall health and well-being are those those models. So it's trying to yeah. stay close to them where possible. And you mentioned as well, maybe kind of journaling and writing stuff down and pictures and stuff. So from from the work that you do, do you find that very helpful for for people that you deal with? Some people and and the kids um, that I work with
1: would typically be very visual anyway, so they would be great at um, you know using visual modalities. I think also when. I'd be looking at anxiety at the moment and just seeing how anxious we all are. I know we all are a little bit more. I can certainly feel it. And I know people are saying to me, adults are saying to me, you know, what's wrong with me? You know, physical symptoms of this, that, and the other, and you're kind of I think you're anxious. So some of us might not even know how anxious we are, um, but we You'll might assume- you are be the best person
0: the to care. tell them, Michaela. What? <laughs> huh? You'll be the best person to tell them, I think you're kind of anxious now. <laughs> Well, as somebody who knows, that's, that's how I'd preface
1: it, but I think um, we can kind of just look at that anxiety and see if that's impacting as well, because mm-hmm. if we're trying to learn and we're anxious, that's going to impact on your executive functioning and your ability to learn and to remember. So I think that if that's an added pressure, that's really going to lead to a lot of problems so it might be that if teachers are really asking where's the homework and what's happening you might say well we have a lot of anxiety here at the moment we're just managing well-being uh, we're not able to learn because our anxiety levels are too high so it might be just using that language to explain to people it's actually really difficult your energy is going somewhere else you don't have that left for processing in in this way you know completely
0: so, yeah, and I definitely, I found that a huge amount with any kids or courses, even through myself, that there is that, not even necessarily lack of understanding, but there's definitely an expectation kind of being put on that we didn't take on as well, you know, and I suppose the teachers didn't take on either, but it was, it's more kind of, it was adapted so quickly that people were kind of given lots of these new or different responsibilities, that they didn't really think that they were signing up for. You know, no sc- yeah. um, kids or school signed up for, you know, a child being at home for this length of time and trying to do a homeschooling process. You know, no mm-hmm. adult or parent had signed up to think that that, that was ever gonna happen. So it's, again, I suppose people have been giving themselves a bit of leeway and not trying to judge themselves and be critical you know, of those t- particular things of, oh, I have to do this and the kids have to do this to stay on top of stuff. People are doing what they can, you know, and yeah. you ca- kind of have to filter out negativity with that. If people have things, things to say, it's, it's, it's a tough line, obviously, to try and manage, you know, depending upon which, which place you're coming at it, if you're a teacher or a parent, but it's very much doing what's right for you and your family.
1: Yeah, and as a parent or a carer, if you're okay, everyone else will be okay. So your well-being is fiercely important as well, right. um, that you're regulated, not just as an end being regulated, but being happy if you can, but being being okay, being calm, if you are, it's likely that everybody else will be. Completely, also.
0: yeah. And oh, a few over the last few days, we've gotten in a lot of questions and topics of people that have brought up, and especially... I suppose, around the learning difficulty space, but lots of children finding the level of, I suppose, lack of structure and planning really difficult, you know, coming out of a very structured environment of knowing what to do and those type of things into kind of lots of stuff online and lots of issues with online Google Classrooms and those type of things, of scheduling and those type of things. So anything that you'd suggest trying to put, I suppose that's much a plan in place, but some form of structure. Do you find from your from your question structure helps people in this particular context?
1: Definitely. If you've got executive functioning difficulties anyway, if you know if you find the planning in the organization difficult, it just takes all that out of your head and it puts it down into some place. So what you want is that it works. You don't want it to be a list of chores. Yeah. So if you find kids really don't want that list of chores, put the structure Put their breaks in, put enjoyable stuff in, um, don't have too much. So whatever works for your little one, um, you know some kids have sensory issues as well. So it's that that needs to be factored into anything where we're expecting to be people to sit down uh, and to do work. So I'd say, yeah, make that structure, build it around the child if you can. And of course you're building it around a family as well. So it's it's just not always going to work.
0: You know. And I think again it depends hopefully, on the family, you know, as you said yeah. in the particular context. Lots of families maybe adapt and might want the routine where possible with two or three in the household if they try and can somewhat establish a, a flowing routine between all of them, then things things might mesh well. But life happens, you know, whether it's COVID or not, there's still things that are occurring just because when everybody's not out and about doesn't mean that things still aren't happening day to day that drain or take away your attention so there can be a plan but that rigidity or that like disciplined and timetabled often is a bit too overbearing you know you do need scum scope and as you said fun and breaks those Mm -hmm. do need to be built in
1: yeah, because I suppose you so many different families, so many different factors. Some parents are working, or one is working. Some are immunocompromised. People have a lot of worries going on. Some don't have the supports that have had before. So there's a huge amount of stuff going on. Some don't have the technology. I mean, there's some families that have to share phones and computers, or don't have them, mm-hmm. so they're not able to access all this. So it's it's hugely different for everybody. So it's whatever works. You know, it's, it's, I kind of feel it's survival. That sounds a bit basic, but I do think, if you're thinking of Maslow's hierarchy, we are kind of at the bottom where it's physical and safety, and anything else is a bonus. Completely.
0: And like, especially if they're if they getting work put up or people have assignments, or some of the schools now obviously adopted from the junior there to do their exams now over the next few weeks, you know, instead of putting them in September. So it's all these, let's say, new deadlines. You know, so these dates with times that are relatively new. You know, so it, there wasn't this plan a few months ago. So everybody's trying to adapt now to lots of these structured times in and these times, and they're all new things. So I, I don't know, if lots of people taking into account that, you know, not a huge amount of time has been given to when these deadlines are set. You know, before, let's say, if I was in college or in school, you'd have X amount of weeks or those type of things, and. You'd submit stuff and be working away. Now it's like two or three days, and put that in, and send this over, and email this, and kids and both students and adults are spending huge amounts of time on technology. Like it's just at a new level. Like a huge effect on mental health and well-being, as I presume you agree as well, Macula.
1: I would and I'd be thinking about managing your spoons so that that idea of you only have so much many spoons we will say during the day manage them decide what are the priorities where you need to be spending them and anything else is, is a bonus and maybe have a bit of fun with what's left because we are going to be going back and that is going to be really stressful it's going to be in phases and every phase is going to be new learning and new processing So we want to be ready to go back to the way things were and get used to maybe a new way of being. So I think really manage your resources. Think about being well, think about you're going almost into battle. Be ready by minding yourself. Don't use all your energy now. Um, I know there will be important exams. I know there will be important assignments. If you can, prioritize those because you really need to be prioritizing yourself. So for kids where exams aren't life or death, do your best within the resource that you're going to give it. Put a Kind of put a cap around what you're going to give to that. You know, because there's a lot going on for everyone. So Completely.
0: Yeah, it's again, think, like trying to manage it, do the best that you can, but leaving go of, that criticism or that you have to get everything done everything has to be let's say at a usual standard or a usual level you know people especially from a learning difficulty perspective are used to kind of working for a huge amount of time and then kind of somewhat reaching a standard and they think right that's okay now I can kind of send that in and that's okay now because things are so Fluid moving and moving so quickly, they're getting maybe two or three days. Whereas before, they might have gotten a week or two to do the same level of work. So it's not going to always be at the same level with grammar and punctuation and all of those different things. And again, crossing over to an adult. So maybe from a work context, they might have had an X amount of days to do a report and now they have to do it in less amount of time because everything's up in the air. So it's letting go to some level of that. This has to be perfect before I can send things in or before somebody else sees it
1: yeah be kind to yourself that's mm-hmm. what i would say to people just be kind to yourself give yourself a break you're doing your best you know and everybody is but yeah give yourself a break
0: Absolutely. yeah and mentioned as well i suppose people then hopefully somewhat evolving then back to a new normal so in hopefully a few months' time, and people go back to school, and hopefully things kind of somewhat work out and somewhat of a normality is in play. Any advice or tips, Makina, you'd have for people, let's say, maybe either going back to school contexts or especially for people actually maybe going the transition between primary and secondary or starting off in primary? You know, so how different. Things are going to be. Any advice you give both to parents or if you were working with kids on how they would try and use this time now to, to prep for that?
1: Yeah, I mean, we don't know what it's going to look like, but get all the information you can that's that's concrete. and um, there's a lot, there is a bit of work being done by some great people on transitioning back. Now there's some stuff in the UK, it's kind of more specific to the kids, I'd be working with autistic kids, but you could take little bits of that. So there's um, a brilliant woman, Lynn McCann, she's a teacher, a special teacher over there, um, worth looking up, uh, I think it's ASC reach out. So she'd be very much around what visual supports might help. So it's kind of having as much concrete information going back. Um, the usual things that that just what's gonna look like. So. Teachers, schools could be putting up some really good stuff on their websites Um, as soon as they have the information about what is it going to look like, what's the, I don't know, are we going to be looking at big X's on the ground and where you can stand because there's a little bit of that going on in France and places. So, you know, it is going to look different. It's not going to look like um, we thought it would. And it's a transition everybody's going to be making because all the teachers are gonna be changing to this new way. It's gonna be new for everyone. So it's gonna be a massive transition. So maybe look at what schools could be doing because some of the time now could be going into helping your child transition. So teachers could be putting some resource into preparing them for the transition and linking in together. Um, So, I mean, I think information, and I think for children as well, to know that whatever they're feeling is really normal so all the anxiety. So it might be that if a child isn't great with their feelings, you know, some people kind of find it hard to read their own feelings, that there'd be a little bit of work around that, a little bit of, you know, psychoeducation. So educating people about their own anxiety, how anxiety works. That would be really useful. So that this overwhelm has a name and it's normal. And this is what you do, you know, so, so kind of really working on feelings as well.
0: because Context, so you know, not necessarily always from a child. You know, lots yeah. of different animals will have various ranges of emotions and feelings that maybe they weren't too averse to before this. So it's again familiarizing yourself, as we said, our main I think thing of today is if you're well yourself, then you can kind of take care of others. If yeah. you're kind of not well yourself, or you're not taking full care of yourself, not putting yourself first, if, where possible, you can't mm-hmm. really be there to support support other people so it's trying to inform yourself of you know emotions or feelings that are going on and then by you actively doing that then that sets an example for yeah. others
1: there's a very good program it's online it's um i did it myself at the start of all this stresscontrol.org well worth looking at it's free online it's um hsc um run it it's it's you know, timed, so it'll be like two sessions a week for over three weeks, but it really looks at anxiety. If if anyone is kind of feeling quite anxious at the moment and, and not sure what all that is about, I'd highly recommend that. It's really good. And there's another lovely approach to kind of people maybe where they've had mental health issues um, around minding themselves. And, and even if you haven't, it's kind of good at a time like this. Um, so wellness, is it rap it's called and i can't remember the lady now but um w-r-a-p and it's like repairing your your kind of well-being having a plan when you feel you're kind of slipping a bit how do you know you're slipping so it's like you know you have your little routine and you have a cup of coffee in the morning or whatever or you take your shower noticing when that stops when that changes when do you need to take action when do you need to get help so there's some lovely you know, kind of um, resources out there that just, they're very practical and that they can help awesome. us to just see where we're at.
0: And that early as you said, so things alter, you know, when you go from a routine and then you slightly veer away, veer away and then it becomes days and days and days and then it's weeks and weeks and weeks without that, let's say, caring or that well-being of you looking after yourself. It's bringing that back then to, to basics and what can you do for yourself and by you helping yourself, then you help others. Yeah. So, yeah. Great. Perfect. Any last bits of tips and advice, Makila, from your side that you think people people can?
1: I'd say people are really, everybody's doing their best. Uh, I can, you know, you, you just know people are doing their best and they're hanging in there. Um, if you're not, if you're really struggling, do something. You know, if something really isn't working, stop doing it. That's yeah,
0: And a huge level of support out there now, you know, you don't, there's a huge push for the frontline workers, obviously they're doing a tremendous job, but there's huge supports there for lots of different people, both kids, adults, and everything in between, and elderly, you know, so there isn't any, let's say, shame or any fear with reaching out Mm. and trying to see you know, if there's something not working, something not going right, it takes courage and strength to stand up and stand forward and recognize that you need help with something. And that's the best way forward for you and the people around you. So we would definitely encourage somebody to to try and do that, to support themselves and others. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Listen, Michaela, thanks, thanks so much for your words wisdom, so advice, years and years. of. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Not too many
1: years (laughs) now, Una.
0: Lifetime of knowledge. (laughs) Um, If anybody has any impressing questions, um, feel free to to message us afterwards or leave a comment below and we will follow up and follow back with you. Thanks a million and good luck to everyone. Thanks Thanks for watching. Perfect.